Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is my brother, the great man in central Iowa, churning up a storm on 24-7 sports in the Midwest. And the true good luck charm for the Iowa State Cyclones, Nicholas Osen. How are you doing tonight, my brother? I appreciate that, my bro. I'm doing, uh, you know, a little tired, but very well. There's a lot to, a lot of football to talk about. I know we're going to look ahead to some positive things. And as you hit on, it's busy, but it is a pretty fun time in the land of the Cyclones right now, sitting at 3-0 and as well. You heard it correctly, folks. The Iowa State Cyclones football team is 3-0 and and rolling into Saturday against a ranked Baylor Bears. So tune into that one at 11 a.m. God knows Nick will be all over it with the coverage. But Nick, we are here to talk a different Bears team, and that is our beloved Chicago Bears. Kind of recapping their litany of blunders on Sunday night at Lambeau Field, and also looking ahead to a favorable matchup against the lowly Houston Texans on Sunday afternoon where I will be in attendance. That's right. My first time back at Soldier Field since the 49ers game last season. I will be there to watch the Bears propel themselves into a 2-1 and record. So strap in for a wild one, folks. And as always, just up. All right, Nick. Before we look ahead to a matchup that I'm truly over the moon about and excited to witness, we have to recognize the truly disappointing and horrendous loss that took place at Lambeau Field Sunday night by our beloved Chicago Bears. Obviously, the final score was 27 to 10, but that does not tell the entire story. As outside of the first quarter, our Bears were honestly controlled by the Packers. We went up 7-3 to three in the first quarter, and I felt the momentum like you wouldn't believe. You and I were FaceTiming after every monster play. And those plays came to a halt once the first quarter struck triple zeros. So, Nick, I need an idea from you as to... What the heck happened past that first quarter? Obviously, we went away from David Montgomery in the run game, which was foolish. But outside of our defense being non-existent, what was wrong with our Bears Sunday night at Lambeau? Well, as much as I'd like to be upset and disappointed as a fan, and I am obviously disappointed in the team losing, I don't think quite as much was, you know, what was wrong with the Bears and what they did or didn't do. I think the fact is there's a pretty large talent disparity between these two teams right now, especially when you're just looking at the best players on each team comparatively. Now, you make a good point about going away from former Iowa State star David Montgomery. I mean, he looked awesome, truly about the best we've seen him consistently in the NFL. But I can't just say that that's an issue because, and I know that I'm 
still very high on Justin Fields. But in a game against a decent offense, against a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you do have to be able to throw the ball. And I believe before kind of garbage time, Fields was just over single digits in passing attempts. And that and that's not okay. I think he is the next franchise quarterback of the Bears. If he's not, then the team needs to see that in games that matter and actually give him a chance. Again, I really do think he is. There are things that he needs to work on. Experience, getting talent around him. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to believe a little bit that they didn't do enough. Certainly, it just straight up wide outs that can consistently get open and make plays. But though they weren't perfect, I would say, especially in that maybe late second, early third quarter, I don't think this is just on this current Bears system. And I think that they were just lacking the star players that Green Bay has. Nick, I honestly love how you bring up Justin Fields and this truly inconsistent offense that the Bears have, especially in the passing game. And you talk about his attempts. I honestly think there was a point in the third quarter where he had eight passing attempts on the game. They showed it on the graphic, and I had to do a double take because at that point in the game, in the modern era of the National Football League, he should have close to 20 attempts, especially when you're down multiple scores to historically one of the better teams in the league and one that you get beat by twice a year like clockwork. Of course, that's not all on Justin Fields. It's the play calling that goes into it. But I have to recognize Justin Fields' inconsistencies as a quarterback. I know he's young. This is his first full season as the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. I will give him that benefit of the doubt. But he has to. Starting Sunday against the Houston Texans, string several games together of consistently solid or good play at the quarterback position. He did a great job down the stretch against the 49ers, and I recognize that last week. You could have had a backup do just the same as what he did against the Packers Sunday night. You could have plugged and played anyone in the league because his numbers were abysmal and he did not do enough to help this team win. Defensively for the Bears, and I know you'll agree with this, I keyed in on one thing last week when we were previewing this game, and I said stop the outside zone, and in particular, Aaron Jones. He was the catalyst for that Packers offense. He is a huge reason why they won that football game, along with some magic from Aaron Rodgers making Sammy Watkins look like an all-pro receiver and exposing some glaring holes in the Bears' secondary. But the true dominant force on that Packers team was Aaron Jones, and they couldn't do a thing to stop him defensively. And that's truly what wound up being the deciding factor for the Packers in a victory at home. 
Yeah, you did kind of call that. And if we're being honest, which I always am on this show, if I needed a player to scorch the Bears, I'm not necessarily mad that it was a player I like and that got me a fantasy win. However, he made things look too easy. Like, quite honestly, there were times things were embarrassing. And, and I want to get to the future soon, and I need some positivity. But while we're hitting on that game, I must say, and I, I believe you texted me about it, and I know there were tweets about it, Roquan Smith did not look like Roquan Smith. And I don't think people have to be overreactionary about it, but it wasn't acceptable. I mean, from a, from a guy, from a star like that. And when he's not playing well, that felt like it trickled down to others. There was one spot in the defense that I was impressed with, and that was the D-line slash pass rush. Actually, include the D-line in there as well, like I first said, because – when they tried to run middle, you know, between the A's, even a little bit with the B's, especially with A.J. Dillon, they shut that down. And the pass rush, whether it was, I believe, a little bit of some of the rookies or certainly Gibson and Robert Quinn, you know, there were some legitimate plays made by kind of the, the pressure and, you know, dominating the line of scrimmage that the Bears front was able to do. So that was encouraging to me against a line with the Packers. It's beat up, but that is usually pretty solid. Nick, you mentioned it best with that defensive line. It was Robert Quinn. It was Travis Gibson all night long. And you have to recognize Angelo Blackson. Those guys were the stars of the show on that front line defensively. And you talk about Roquan Smith. They even mentioned it on the broadcast, kind of hinting at his contract dispute, he was out there arm tackling. He is an all-pro talent, one of the most dominant linebackers across the league, and his peers recognize it. If you ever watch the NFL Top 100, he is highly praised and highly touted across all 32 teams. He was lazy on tackling especially when chasing down Aaron Jones. And it's truly unacceptable. He's the leader of the defense. Justin Fields is supposed to be the leader of the offense. And they were both missing in action Sunday night. And it needs to be different moving forward. If this team is as capable of winning football games as you and I truly believe they are. So looking ahead, to Sunday afternoon at Soldier Field, where I am so much looking forward to being back home. This is a get-right game opportunity for our beloved Chicago Bears. This is a Houston Texans team that truly has no sense of identity on either side of the football. They're young, inexperienced, similar to that of the Bears. But they don't do very much well on either phase, whether it's offense or defense. I will give credit to Davis Mills in that week one tie against the Colts. He looked very good, had two touchdowns down the stretch to keep themselves alive and come out unscathed 
in the loss column. But this is a winless team coming into one of the most storied and incredible places to play in the National Football League. Lovey Smith knows it better than anyone as he was our longtime head coach. So I'm excited to see him back in Chicago. But this is really an opportunity for the Bears to propel themselves forward. And I've mentioned it numerous times, but I need consistency out of Justin Fields. Can he possibly form a connection that we thought he had last year with Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet? These guys were drafted high for a reason, including Justin Fields. This trio of football players should be combining for upwards of 150 yards a game. That's not too much to ask from a number one wide receiver and a tight end that has been talked about heavily throughout the offseason in terms of improvements. We need offense to run smoothly on Sunday if there's even a shred or a possibility of winning against the Texans. Yeah, I mean, you made things pretty clear. I think at the end it got a little hyperbolic, but you also unfortunately hit on the one thing that's kind of made me sad through this season, and that's just the complete lack of connection or production for, I believe, a top 25 to 27 receiver in the NFL. I mean, is he one of the best necessarily? No, but I think he can do just about everything and be a number one in this offense. Now, I'm going to give a 15, 20% excuse right here. Game one, you throw out the window. And game two, a top two corner in the NFL was at least heavily involved in that game. So this is certainly the game where Fields has to show it, like you mentioned. But Mooney's got to get himself involved a little bit, too. And I feel that the Bears are going to do that. I won't be shocked to see some type of end around with him as well. Maybe some bubble screens. But he needs to get the rock. And the Texans, man, the Bears should win this game. But the Texans fight, dude. I mean, you mentioned the tie, but they gave Denver everything they could handle for 48 of the 60 minutes or so. Everything. They very well could have been leading in the fourth. I mean, it was quite pathetic from Denver on some ends, but – the Texans fight, and that's not surprising from a Lovey Smith coach team. I really like Davis Mills. Obviously, they had the high draft pick, one of the best corners, Derek Stingley. And just a piece here and there, Brevin Jordan, a tight end. Brandon Cooks, you know I love. You know, I think they're trying to kind of build up, obviously, and, and there's a piece here and there. But it's a game you should win as, as the Chicago Bears because they did show – what the defense can look like week one. I think the safety play is going to be huge this weekend. I mean, Eddie's been okay. Risker has been awesome. So you worry about Kyler Gordon. Obviously, hopefully Jalen Johnson is, is going to be on Cooks a lot. But I'm encouraged, dude. I mean, as, as sad as Sunday made me and kind of a couple of things that you brought up and, and we've said, they were a correct call away from being down seven with seven and a half minutes to play. So I do, I think the bears are great. No, but I don't think they stink either. 
I think this should be a win and they should be looking at two and one. Nick, I'm extremely grateful for your prediction there in terms of the two and one record heading into week four. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. When you talk about the Houston Texans, I don't believe they're a good team, but you mentioned it perfectly. They are a team that will fight all the way down to the wire. And that starts with head coach Lovey Smith, who so many years down the line, I truly believe should still be in Chicago as he was fired with a 10 and six season. And I'll never get over it. I think if he was still the coach of the Chicago Bears up to this point, we'd have a Super Bowl ring on our fingers. I honestly believe that. He's been the best coach of the Bears in my lifetime and one of the best in franchise history, whether you like it or not. It's the truth. And I'm happy for him that he's gotten another head coaching opportunity in this league. He kind of bounced around in college the last few years. So they are certainly well coached. But in terms of talent on the field, I think the Bears are far more talented on either side of the ball. But does Darnell Mooney get himself involved? You mentioned it very well. I don't know the exact number, but I believe through two games, he has less than 30 receiving yards on the season, which is absolutely laughable for a guy that eclipsed 1,000 receiving yards a year ago on a six-win team. So that is a stat that is glaring, and it needs to be fixed in a positive direction, especially on Sunday, and get this offense jump-started against a mediocre-at-best team. Yeah, that's a spot that obviously needs to be fixed and that we need, and, and I certainly need for one of my favorite players. But I do feel this is a game where you can see a lot more David Montgomery and, and Khalil Herbert. And I'm hoping to kind of have a lot of my stuff taken care of so that I can relax and watch this one. I'm heavily disappointed that I'm not going to be there. We're hoping to get to one in person later this season. But biggest game for Iowa State of the season so far comes first. So I'll be locked in Sunday, of course. And I'm looking for just a little bit more execution. I didn't think the game plan was terrible against Green Bay. I mentioned the talent disparity. I'll even say that Houston's offense is about as talented as Chicago's. But I think Chicago's defense is the best potential unit in this game. I think that play soldier is going to be pretty, pretty rocking, especially with Lovey in town. You know how I feel about Lovey very positively as well. A lot of great memories there. And I think it's just going to be an awesome afternoon. At first, I was surprised the Bears were favored by less than three. Then, you know, the more I think about it, I probably would have set it around three, three and a half. But, but I do agree it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be close, and I think it could be a little bit ugly. I could not agree with you more, Nick, in terms of the Bears coming away with the victory on Sunday afternoon. Lovey Smith will be received well. Obviously, it's hard to recognize a coach in such a large stadium, but maybe the Bears do right by him and throw him on the Jumbotron in pregame which I would very much appreciate. 
It's a lot different than a basketball game. It's a lot easier to contain inside of a basketball arena and kind of give that standing O. When you look at this football game, it is the perfect bounce-back opportunity for our beloved Chicago Bears. We've mentioned Darnell Mooney in the highest. We know he needs to get going. But in terms of a bold prediction on the offensive side of the football, the best player on this offense is going to continue toting that rock and propelling it into the end zone. Number 32, our man David Montgomery will have upwards of 100 rushing yards, just like last week against the Packers, and two trips to the end zone. I like that a lot. Uh, I, I'm i just going to make one for, for the offense or, you know, really even total for this week. Just because I'm kind of excited – the glamour of Sunday night football and everything's out of the way. And I can just lock in on a good noon game, which you, I believe kindly did the back research for me and that I can watch it here. And I like where you're going with touchdowns there for David Montgomery. So I like that a lot. So I'm not going to go with the initial bold prediction. I kind of had a few minutes ago that I thought of, but I am going to stick with the player in Justin Fields. And I'm going to say, and it is a bit, Sad that this is bold. However, he's still very young, tough offense, rough sometimes. I'm going to say Fields has 300 all-purpose yards. I think he can get – well, I know he can. He's shown it a little bit before. Around that, with what you're saying about the run game, maybe 230 to 250 passing and then just make some plays with his feet. I mean, he's – I know you didn't like the comment he made about the fans this week, but he is one of the most competitive people I know. I truly believe that. I didn't like it either, but I'm very forgiving with stuff like that. I think this is a get-right game for Chicago, and I think the Bears are going to roll. Nick, there's no question when I am in the house on Sunday afternoon, the Chicago Bears are coming away with a victory. I've said it for weeks now that this is a perfect opportunity to pad our stats, if you will, in terms of a clean looking record early in the season, we knew the Packers were going to be a tough spot and that proved correct. I don't think you're that far off in terms of Justin Fields and that being a bold prediction. I think it's extremely bold because he hasn't shown any capability in terms of passing the ball more than 100 yards. So that would be a remarkable rushing day for him if he's getting near that 250 to 300 mark all purpose. Of course, he's facing a far weaker defense in the Houston Texans than the Green Bay Packers and not nearly on as grand of a stage, the Sunday afternoon game at home is pretty routine. And you briefly touched on his comment, and I will give you my honest opinion of how I took that before I round out the show with my score prediction and defensive bold prediction. And for those listening at home who aren't aware, he essentially said that 
the loss was tougher on him and the guys in the locker room, and he feels more for them than he does the fan base because the fan base is, quote, not putting in any work. I completely understand where he's coming from and what he's trying to say. And that's big of me to even go that far because a few years ago, I may have flown off the handle with that comment. (laughs) I know exactly what he's trying to say. He and his teammates spend their entire lives revolving around the game of football and trying to win football games down on that field. But if he thinks myself and Nick across from me and this Chicago Bears fan base does not put in any work, he is truly out of his mind because this football team has been arguably the most important thing in my life for 20-plus years. So for him to say I haven't put in any work, of course, I'm not putting any physical work on the field to win games. But I believe myself and millions of others are an integral part of this franchise because without us filling the stadium on Sunday afternoon, you'd have nothing to play for. There is no argument that this has been and is the most important thing in your life. Don't say that. And I don't know many bigger Justin Fields fans than myself. It was a little disappointing, even knowing the logic behind it. I mean, you just don't see guys say that. So now, I mean, is Chicago going to boo him Sunday? I don't expect that. But this is a spot where he has to ball out. You could not have said it any better, Nick. He has to back up his words and bounce back, as we've said, against the team that he surely is capable of beating. and. Not only is it a fan base that's passionate, it's a fan base that fought so hard to go and draft Justin Fields and was over the moon when the Bears selected him. And for the most part, it's a fan base that still has his back. Of course, it's early in his career. But if the Bears are unable to perform against the Houston Texans, I'm telling you right now, the Boo Birds will be flying and singing loudly at Soldier Field on Sunday afternoon. So, Nick, ending the show on a high note, I will give you my defensive bowl prediction, which I'm sure you can anticipate it, especially after we talked about the strong suit against the Packers. And I'll give you my winning final score. Two and a half sacks from the sack machine himself, Robert Quinn. He ate Aaron Rodgers and put him in the dirt on Sunday night. So it should be no trouble for him to toss around Davis Mills. And the Bears will roll on to victory, as you said, Nick. 23, not extremely high scoring, to a Texans 13, as I don't foresee many red zone trips for the opponent. Well, not leaving me too much time here on this one for my stuff. So I guess I will skip the defensive bold. Um, but I will go straight to the score. I like what you said. I don't know what the over under is for this game. I like how low you have it for Houston. 
I think that's either not quite giving Mills enough credit or giving a lot to the Bears, which I totally respect. Because, again, I don't think this defense, other than seven or eight plays, has looked really bad all year. I really don't. I was just thinking of this score. I've got the Bears. I'll go an even 24, but 19 for Houston. I don't think this is going to be dominant. I hope I'm wrong. I do see field goals, like you mentioned, for the Texans. Maybe a few more of them than you said. And and I'm just I'm looking for Justin Fields to kind of play like he did Monday Night Football against Pittsburgh last year and show why he was one of the most talented players. Quite honestly, now that I do recruiting, that the country has seen this century, at least coming out of high school. Victories give you job security in this league. It's what have you done for me lately, Nick? So I am extremely grateful for all of your predictions, and I hope we are vindicated on Sunday afternoon as our beloved Chicago Bears will likely be 2-1, and one, and I will be walking out of Soldier Field with my head held high. Singing Go Cubs Go. I can't wait, brother. Not exactly, but thank you for tuning in, folks. And as always, just up. Bear down forever.